Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Aloha, everyone, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, here with my co-host, Chef Jamie Larita, who's in the Viking showroom. And this is a dream come true today for me. For years, I have so wanted to have a kitchen chat with Chef Roy Yamaguchi, who truly needs no introduction, a legend in the culinary industry and an award-winning chef. He has so many wonderful restaurants as well. And he is joining us from Hawaii. Chef Roy Yamaguchi, welcome to Kitchen Chat. Uh, Margaret, Chef Jamie, pleasure to be on. Thank you very much. It's Hawaii is, uh, you should both be here. You know, you know what? Yes. It's a big dream of ours. I love Hawaii. Where in Hawaii exactly are you? I'm in a suburb of Honolulu called uh, Hawaii Kai on Oahu, and uh, it's we're across from Manalua Bay, which is an incredible bay. And we have uh, I can see Diamond Head from on one side, and then I can see Cocoa Head Cocoa Head Crater. Uh, just thrown stones away from 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 my office is Hanama Bay where you can go snorkeling and uh, it's 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 beautiful. Oh, well Margaret, no. I think I think I'm just going to go move in move in and help Roy in the kitchen. I I would love that. In fact, it was so much fun. Um I often go to Kauai and Hawaii is part of my my history. In fact, my parents met and fell in love in Honolulu. So because of Hawaii, I'm here. <laughs> so but I loved, always loved eating at Roy's uh, there in Kauai, in Poipu yes. area. Just such a beautiful menu. You have always just delivered and presented the best. And I'd love to um, hear about that and for, and for everyone to, to understand how you are the pioneer of Asian fusion. Can you share with us that story? Well, you know, thank you very much for those kind words. Um, so, you know, I started my career in Los Angeles. But prior to that, um, I was born and raised on a U.S. Army base in Japan. So my father was, my father's from Hawaii. But, uh, you know, he met my mother in Okinawa, and he ended up moving to Japan. So I was born and raised there. And then from there, I actually um, enrolled uh, to the CIA the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park. So That's I went. Right. Oh yeah, great school. So, yep. so I went directly from um, from uh, Japan, you know, outside of Tokyo, to uh, New York, and you know, after spending a couple of years at the institute in New York, you know, getting my education. After that, I moved to Los Angeles. So when I was in Los Angeles, you know, I worked for different you know restaurants. You know, I worked in a Scandinavian restaurant. I worked in the country club. I worked in a very, very uh, traditional French restaurant called the Escoffier in the Beverly Hilton Hotel. Yeah. And uh, one place that I did work, uh, which kind of really changed my entire uh, being, is that I ended up working for two great chefs, 
John Bertrandu, the late John Bertrandu, and Michel Blanchet at a restaurant called L'Hermitage. Mm. And L'Hermitage was this French restaurant where all the great chefs from France went and, and, and kind of did their one week, you know, stay. So chefs like um, Marc Minot, um, Roger uh, Jaloux, uh, Paul Bocuse, uh, you know, um, and so anyways, you had all these great chefs that went through that kitchen, uh, you know, uh, with their, you know, different festivity events. And then the two great chefs uh, that I worked side and side by side with really changed my entire outlook of, of, of how to cook. And when I was there, you know, I learned that French uh, cooking. And then, you know, I really wanted to showcase my, you know, my upbringing. You know, uh, and, you know, being born and raised in Japan, you know, the love of Japanese food, um, you know, I just said to myself, God, I want to create my own identity. So I really worked hard on, you know, combining the Japanese and the French. And and I started doing that back in um, back in the early, you know, it was well, it was it was probably like in, in uh, well late 70s, so 79, somewhere around there, 78, 79. So um, when I ended up having a chef's position at this restaurant in a little, you know, town called Burbank, you know, Burbank, California, close <laughs> <laughs> to NBC Studios. <laughs> Right on Olive Street. <laughs> um, well, the restaurant was called Esserine, and I combined the French and Japanese and came up with my own style of cooking. And uh, you know, ever since there, ever since then is 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 where I created my identity. Mm. So you know, it's it's been a pleasure ever since then. You know, just combining, you know, my upbringing with you know the really the the French cooking that I that, that I learned from these great chefs. And then kind of created my own style of cooking. So, you know, here it is today. And Roy, what about the business end of it? I mean, we talk about the stage part of it, you know, training and being around the energy of such great chefs and being in the room. Uh, you can really download the energy of cooking. But what about the business side? Where did you get your, um, where did you get your, you know, how did you cut your teeth on the business side of things? Well, when I was in Los Angeles, um, so I was part of a, a restaurant called 385 North, and and while I was working at the at the you know LAX at the airport, uh, I was working in this hotel, and you know I was a, the chef of a, of this restaurant called uh, Le Gourmet, and you know I was thinking about really just being a chef and thing, and then this guy comes up and says, Hey, Roy. You know, you ever thought about opening a restaurant? So I said, well, not really. Uh, you know, I just like doing what I do. And he goes, hey, you know, you should really think about opening a restaurant because I think, you know, you, you'll do well. So thought about that. And then one day, these three gentlemen walks into the restaurant and has dinner, right? And the, so after they have dinner and stuff, you know, I walk out to the table and one of the gentlemen goes, Roy, uh, you guys don't, I mean, you don't know me. But, you know, we really have enjoyed your food over the years. And we would like to somehow uh, open a restaurant with you. And, wow. these, and so these were uh, attorney and two doctors, Dr. Candell and Dr. Salk. An attorney uh, by the name of Tom Martin. Well, anyways, the three gentlemen were uh, partners with Wolfgang 
puck. And they helped open the first Spago. And, you know, at that time, Spago has, you know, like really rocketed, skyrocketed to fame, uh, you know, in a matter of months, maybe even days. And so, you know, they had a a very hit restaurant, right, with Wolfgang, a superstar chef. Uh, You know, back then, even before Spago, you know, when he was working at Mamez Own and stuff, he was just a great chef. So, you know, with that uh, restaurant just, just you know, going nuts. They said, "Hey, Roy, you know, you know, let's do a restaurant together." And so it, we ended up doing a partnership together. And on the weekends, um, I, we, you know, aside from working, uh, you know, uh, every every other weekend, we used to have these uh, so-called you know investor parties where we would hand out these uh, prospectus. Uh, on 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 putting you know of, of this restaurant that we were going to open, and I would cook the food, and you know, within about three months, you know, we were able to get about seventy investors uh, with about a million and you know one point one million, and um, you know, in, in investment money, and you know, off we went to open the first restaurant. So, you know, so so it was kind of like learning as I went. Right. And, 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 and one of the biggest, you know, I guess, uh, you know, learning curve I went through was that when I had that restaurant, 385 North, we were extremely busy, but we lost money on a day-to-day basis. And at the end of four years, almost four years, we almost went bankrupt. And, you know, we had to actually sell the restaurant, you know, 10 cents on a dollar. And I think that was my biggest learning curve and the, the, the most I've gained from the business end of it because, you know, I went through that process for four years and, and, and I didn't want to repeat that never again. Mm-hmm. So when I opened my restaurant, you know, the, fir- the first original Roy's uh, in Hawaii Kai where I am today, I said to myself, okay, everything that I did wrong and everything that I didn't do you know, I wanted to make sure I do not want to make those mistakes ever again. So I think that it was that instinct of, of, of this failure that I had that propelled me to learn more about business and be really focused in on, on operating a restaurant uh, as, as much as, you know, being the chef. Wow. That is so important. And speaking of being the chef, I'd love to hear your perspective on what are the flavors in Hawaii that you truly bring to the forefront on the plate? Well, I think the most important is the state of mind to start with. You know, I, I think I think it's a state where where I really want to get people to really in, in uh, you know engulfed in what Hawaii is uh, through the food that I that I've created so you know going back 30 years 31 years because Royce's has been uh, Royce's you know we we started back in 1988 the original Royce where I am today you know we, we opened uh, December 23rd of 1988 so you know almost 22 years uh, that we've been here and the whole thing going back to was using the local ingredients so use utilizing the local ingredients that are found in Hawaii, um, you know, whether it be seafood or whether it be uh, meat or whether it be, you know, the great produce or the uh, the great fruits that we get from the islands. You know, it was important for me to utilize those items in, in creating my dishes. And, of course, my style of cooking has always been this, this so-called 
uh, Euro Asian, this you know this Asian flair really mixed in to you know the French, uh, you know just by using the local ingredients, kind of like came together. So Roy, I have a question for you, chef to chef. First of all, I want you to go back to when you were a little boy, and I don't know whether it was in Japan or wherever, but what was your first like aha moment that you had with food that you just remember as a child or whenever that moment was that made you think, I want to do this for the rest of my life? Question part one. And question part two is, what is the thing that today you sit at home as a chef and what is the go-to thing that you just love to make for yourself that you just enjoy over and over again for yourself? Okay, so the first part to that question would be, so as a kid growing up, my father did most of the cooking. Because <clears throat> uh, my grandfather, his father owned a restaurant in Hawaii okay. back in the early 40s. So he did he did most of the cooking. So, you know, I got involved every now and then and helped him out and stuff. But he used to have this jar filled with teriyaki sauce. Okay. Ah. So, so you know, I would go to the jar and take, get some teriyaki sauce and make, you know, chicken teriyaki or beef teriyaki for, for my friends. It, but, but I never thought about being a chef or anything. But, you know, I mean, I, I used to like to dabble, you know, using that, you know, teriyaki sauce because I loved it so much. You know, I would almost drink it, right, because my father <laughs> it's so good. Uh, my father just made teriyaki. I mean, he would teriyaki anything and everything in, in this world or so. So, you know, th so that's that's a start. But the other part to that is that uh, when I was in, you know, high school, again, uh, you know, it, it's an American speaking, you know, high school because it's it's it's, it's a U.S. Uh, Army base that I lived lived in, uh, lived that. And um, so in Japan. So uh, a, a friend of mine says, Roy, one day he comes up to me and goes, Roy, you know, we should really take home ec. So I said, <laughs> Home ec? What is that? Oh my. Like, Don't worry about it. We're going to meet girls. <laughs> so I took home ec. And so I was peeling vegetables and, you know, I mean, doing all kinds of stuff, you know, in that one hour period, you know, <clears throat> during the daytime. And, um, you know, so, you know, taking home ec and stuff, I really enjoyed it. And then the instructor says, okay, next week, you know, we're going to make whatever you want to make. So, you know, you can make a dish uh, in class and then you can invite one person to be your guest and to, you know, eat whatever you make, make right? right? So I said, hey, great. So I did a roast turkey. I invited my school counselor. Huh. Ah. And, you know, he ate the turkey and he goes, hey, Roy, this turkey is really good and the stuffing is really good, too. He goes... You ever thought about cooking as a career? Wow. <laughs> yeah, so he said, no, not really. And he goes, you know what? You should really think about it. So anyways, the school counselor did all the research and had found out that the Culinary Institute of America had CIA had just moved from New Haven, Connecticut to Hyde Park, New York. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, you know, got all the material and, you know, he just says, if you're really interested in going, which I think you should, 
why don't you get a hold of you know three uh, you know teachers and have them fill out this form or write write a you know essay or, or something about you and 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 I'll help you submit it. So I did, and you know I went to the CIA. <laughs> and, and then part two of the question: What about when you're at home now today? Like even as far as like the go-to thing that you just love to make for yourself. It could even be like, you know, for me, it's a grilled cheese sandwich. It's like just something simple. Or what, what do you actually love? You know what? I have to say that one of the things that I probably make the most is uh, yakisoba, okay. which is, you know, the Japanese fried yeah. noodles. Yeah, I love and, it. And it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's an instant pack, okay? It's a pack <laughs> yeah. of noodles. Yeah. Right? It's already cooked. <laughs> Right. With a powdered uh, sauce. So what you do is you, I and can't. usually the way I make it is I get, you know, I get bacon. So I get bacon and I, uh, you know, kind of chop it up and chop and, and, and uh, onion and carrots is a must. You know, if I have time, I'll throw in some celery. But usually it's onions and carrots and bacon all chopped up and I'll saute that. And then I'll add the, the noodles that's already been cooked. You don't even have to put it under water or anything. You just throw it in there. Yeah, and then yeah. dry pack <laughs> yep. of, this, of, of this dehydrated sauce, and you pour it over it. And, and, and as it starts to heat up, it turns into, you know, kind of a paste. And then it kind of coats the noodles. And there it is. Wow. And it's, it's ready in five minutes. You see, Margaret? I, I love uh, Two this. things. And I'm so glad I asked that question, <laughs> Margaret, because... I just resonated with you on many levels. I never told you this story, Margaret, but I actually had a similar experience in home ec with a baked ah, Alaska. Wow, and, really? then, and then when I was in Japan traveling with Aerosmith, I brought home so many different types of noodles. So I resonate with the noodle story. But that was a great answer. I love that. It really Aww. took me to – it made me understand that you who you are. You're at the core. You're just – you're simply like um, – you just seem like a very nice person. Yes. Oh, oh for sure. That aloha, the aloha spirit. And I assure you, my home ec teacher did not give me those words of encouragement <laughs> to pursue a culinary career. But Your I'm math so... math <laughs> teacher, probably liked you. Yes, I'm so grateful to both of you. I, I love... Um, well, first of all, my favorite Hawaiian word, my very favorite Hawaiian word is Amua, about moving forward and courage. And I love that you, Chef Roy, are involved in a Amua Foundation. Can you share with the listeners and viewers about that wonderful way? Because charity does begin in the kitchen, and you have such a great heart for charity. Well, I appreciate that you bringing that up, because Amua, uh, like, you know, going forward, charge, and, and it's, it's kind of interesting because, you know, when we first opened, uh, you know, one of the first restaurants I opened on the mainland, um, and, and I, I think I was in, we were in Florida or somewhere, and, you know, we're having this conversation, and at the very end, I said, Imua. So, so everybody says, what? <laughs> I said, move forward. And I said, charge. So they said, you mean charge our guest? <laughs> <laughs> charge like we are <laughs> you, know, you know you know move forward but anyways uh this organization out of maui uh you know so imua family services uh you know we've been uh now involved with them for over 20 years and you know we do a golf tournament every year 
and the money that we raise through this golf tournament, you know, we give to them. And uh, it's, it, it's, you know, it's early childhood learning so and development. So it's great where you can get in front of the kids while they're early uh, with, with disabilities and, 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 and so forth and, and hopefully put them on the right path. And it, it, it takes nourishment and it takes individuals that care. And what better than in Hawaii where, you know, you have individuals and you have people that really care and uh, coming from all faucets of life. And, and, and all these people just get together and, and, and as a group, uh, you know, we're able to move and change people's lives because, you know, it's people from the restaurant industry or, you know, the director of the, uh, the facility itself or people that are, you know, volunteering or the people that are giving financially. You know, we all come together and, 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 and we don't differentiate ourselves from each other meaning that what we do is we contribute in ways that we can and we're all equal, meaning that, hey, listen, you know what? Everybody's got to participate and be a stakeholder and we're all responsible evenly to make sure that what we do is going to be beneficial and I'm not better than you and you're not better than I and we're all doing it together and we, and we have a cause to do it. And, and it's been great uh, because, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been a great learning, life learning experience for myself to, to be able to participate in that and then uh, being able to contribute for the last, you know, over 20 years has been, it's been awesome. Oh, I, I just, my heart is smiling and I'm sending you hearts. I mean, this is amazing. Thank you for your commitment to that. I have another question. Is there anything on your bucket list still, Chef? I mean, you have cooked with so many people, so many people around the world, so many countries. Is there something you haven't cooked yet or somewhere you would still like to cook with someone? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, they listen. Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, to me, you know, cooking um, is is a living thing. It's always evolving. It's always changing. And you know, every time we cook, you know, because we put our heart and soul into it, you know, we're giving a little bit of something away from 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 from, from ourselves every time we cook. You know, the outcome is always different, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's I mean, it's it's never exactly the same. There's always a little something different even though it tastes the same or looks the same there's always something that's a little different and that's because it's alive and so you know as long as i live you know to me um you know it, it gives me great pleasure on a day-to-day -day basis to be able to go in the kitchen and work with my guys because you know it's it's that's what life's all about so you know, I mean, I don't really know exactly who or when, but, you know, I would definitely love to cook with the both of you. Yeah, um, good answer. Good answer. You know what? I would love to cook with you. You're, 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 you are hitting so many notes with me. It's unbelievable. Especially one that you said about, you know, it's almost bringing tears to my eyes about cooking. I love mm -hmm. to cook so much, and I'm so passionate about the ingredients being, you know, the energy around you, right? It's uh, everything matters, everything. And you know that I once had a meal uh, and it was a meal that I really I'm not someone that, you know, Grand Natchez here at Alinea here in Chicago. I was given a gift to go there and I'm not that person. I I love going to find the most beautiful ingredient that speaks to me in the supermarket and then bringing it home to myself. But he wrote and the experience was amazing. The food was incredible. I was very impressed with everything, but he wrote in a cookbook on my birthday, 
Um, and he said to me, Chef Jamie, where does it come from? Question mm. mark. And I could not believe he wrote that in my book because I've always asked myself in the most creative moment, like when I look for that ingredient that's really right in front of my face most of the time, I ask myself, where does this come from? Do you ever feel like that? Oh, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm always thinking things like where does it come from? You know, what can I do with it? And, and, and how do people feel? Yeah, I, I'm talking about the energy sometimes when you're having a really crazy hard day or you're having like the most intense creative moment. Something just miraculous happens when you're on the edge of creation and you're creating something. Thing and you're feeding people and you're adding yourself into it. I ask myself sometimes when I know that the universe has provided it or the recipe came from somewhere else, I think to myself, where the heck did that come from? And that made me think like that there's almost like an energy that we tap into as chefs. And most people do when they're passionate. You know, well, yeah, that- I, mean, I mean, well, that's how I get inspired. I mean, I get inspired because there's so many great things that I see and feel and, and I get the vibes from from people that are around me to be able to be inspired to cook even better. So, right. so right. definitely, you know, I agree with you. Oh, you and I, well, Margaret, that would be a dream date. You, Margaret oh. and I are trying to come to Hawaii. I will be cooking with Roy for Margaret. And each other. That would be, let's put that on our bucket list. That <laughs> would be so amazing. And I call that inspiration hugs from heaven because, as you may or may not know, Chef Roy, the reason that I began this kitchen chat journey is to honor my late father, who was an incredible gourmet home chef. And I never understood what his joy of food, joy of cooking, joy in the kitchen was all about until midlife. He passed away 30 years ago last week. Uh, and so Jamie has been such a joy on this journey as well. And it would be beyond an honor, truly a hug from heaven to be in your kitchen, chef. I'm getting goosebumps to for us to cook with you. I mean, that would be amazing. Thank you for your for your graciousness. We'll, we'll have a blast. Chef, I don't know if you know this, but Margaret is actually seriously like I know you've met a lot of people in your life. No probably thousands upon thousands. Margaret is probably the most honest, trustworthy, kindest woman you'll ever, ever meet in your life. And when you meet her and know her, you'll say, you know what, you're right. And that's a rarity. So you're both on the screen. I'm looking at two people side by side. I think I see two peas in a pod right here. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well, I always like to um, end the show with the top three tips for the home chef. What could you share with our listeners about top three tips you would encourage them with? Oh, you know, I mean, I'm not so sure I have any tips for anyone because, you know, (laughs) I make the same mistakes all the time. (laughs) That was actually a tip. It's hard for me to give anybody advice or anything, but, um, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, when I'm at home, you know, I, I, I really make it a point to, you know, always, uh, you know, Number one is, you know, because, cause, you know, my wife, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting because, you know, my wife and when my wife's cooking at home, she always says, 
you're home already. <laughs> Meaning that, you know, I'm going to start, you know, getting in her way or I'm going right. to, you know, so she goes, you know, can you go and do something and, and come home later on or because <laughs> you're always watching over my So your door. first tip is stay out of the way. <laughs> but, but, but anyways, I mean, for me, it's always been, you know, I could be, because because you know I mean you know the, the, I have friends that come to the house and you know and and you know I have friends that cook uh, and you know and, and and they cook stuff in my house and you know and and all of that stuff but I've always noticed number one that most <clears throat> individuals that cook at home are unorganized mm-hmm. you know they're 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 usually unorganized and they're always scrambling. And so if I look at my wife, she's always scrambling. And so so that's one thing where, you know, like we learned, you know, and Jamie, you know, like we learned at the CIA, first one of the things, first things you learn is the mise en place. You know, you get everything ready, have everything ready, and, you know, you have them all lined up and, you know, all of that stuff. And so whenever I cook at home, even if I cook, uh, you know, I mean, the easy stuff, you know, I'm no problem. But if I invite, you know, guests over and, you know, I, I want to make a, a meal that's, you know, a little fancier and stuff, I always line everything up and right. I always make sure that I have everything ready and I can just add as I go. So that's that's extremely important to me. Yeah, organization. Mm-hmm. Organization. The other is don't follow every recipe to the T because, yeah. you know, because my wife does that. My wife follows everything by the T. So what happens is, say for instance, you know, um, like the other day, she said she wanted to make chicken cacciatore. So I said, do me a favor and don't make it. Because <laughs> because I know you're going to get eight pounds of chicken, right? It's only going to be for like two people. You're going to get eight pounds of chicken and, and you're going to make this recipe and we're going to end up with, you know, 20 chicken breasts or chicken thighs or whatever, in, you know, left over in the refrigerator. <laughs> she doesn't know how to break down the recipe. So she goes right by the tea. So, you know what? I always say, <clears throat> you know, recipe is only a standing. Right. Hmm. It, it's just something that you look at and you, and, but you have to put your own into it. Sure. Which, that's a great tip. Which is the most important. And that's, you need to cook from the heart. Oh, my God. That's a great tip. It's like the foundation is the recipe, and then you get to paint the house any way you want. Yeah. You know, you got to cook from the heart. You, you just and, – and that's what makes food great. You know, I always say that sometimes, you know, your your, your parents are not the most sophisticated, sophisticated cooks, but normally you really enjoy having your cooking because it's cooked with love. You know, it's cooked with passion. It's cooked with love. Not the kind of passion that's – uh, like a desire to, you know, become a great chef or anything, but you know, it's it's that passion they have because they love you so much, and all that love goes into the cooking that you're, you're you know, that that they're doing. That the food just tastes great. And my mother, I, you know, my mother and my father both passed away, mm-hmm. but but um, I used to love to like like after my mother would cook, and um, you know, she would be sitting there with me because uh, you know sometimes my father would go out and do something and so it's my mother and I and, and then after she make me you know like a, a bowl of uh, uh, or even like reheating a bowl of stew or whatever it may be she would just sit by me and she would watch me eat oh. and I used to love 
you know, her just being there, just watching me eat, because I knew that what she did for me was with love. And, and the cooking that she used to always do is because she wanted to do it for me. And it's all that love that, you know, she had in her. And, and that's what made her happy. So I would sit there and I would eat, you know, and sometimes my friends would say, hey, Roy, you know, what do you eat? why are you eating that hamburger with a chopstick? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, that's, you know, my mother would cook and make me a hamburger steak, you know, with little rice and I would eat it with chopstick. And But, you know, my mother would sit there and just watch me eat the entire time. And I thought, you know, that's just one of the greatest feelings and, and I'll never forget that, you know. Wow. I'm so grateful we did this. You're you yes. you just tapped into my soul as well. I resonate with you on very, very, very many, many levels. You're awesome. Yes. Oh, Chef Roy Yamaguchi, thank you so much. You this has truly blessed us here on Kitchen Chat and the listeners and viewers. And we'll make sure everyone that we have a link to your many wonderful restaurants and all that you continue to do. And we'll also have a link to the foundation, Amua, so those who want to contribute. But thank you so much for being on Kitchen Chat today, Chef Roy. It's been an honor and it's been fun, uh, Margaret and Chef Jamie. Again, pleasure to meet the both of you through uh, visually, uh, through this, uh, this, this chat and, uh, you know, Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, thank you. And thank you, dear foodie friends. Oh, yes. <laughs> we have little Ted there. And thank you, dear foodie friends, for joining us on today's Kitchen Chat. Please visit kitchenchat.info for more information. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day. Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories, too. As Margaret always says, savor the day.